Hello and welcome to the Peace and Love Amplifiers podcast. I'm so happy you're here. In these episodes, we will dive deep into the idea of peace. What is it? Is it even attainable? Everyone wants it, so how can we make it manifest? Along with my own experiences, you will also hear uplifting stories from inspirational people who are building peace in their own lives and the world around them. We are on the threshold of a new society, looking at where science meets spirituality. And these stories are a call to action to help overcome division and build a better society for all concerned. Join me on this thought-provoking journey to explore ways we can all amplify peace and love. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Peace and Love Amplifiers podcast. For my first guest ever on my new journey as a podcaster, I have my mom, which is very fitting because, you know, she's my mom. Her name is Julie Gandy. And yes, we have the same name. And so you'll, that's why I go by JG because she, sometimes we get ourselves confused. So I just wanted to come clean real quick that in the first podcast, when I started talking about my journey and my, this and and my story, I mentioned, you know, my mom, my dad and my sisters, but I forgot to mention my brother. And when my mom heard the, when she heard it, you know, it was the first episode was released. She's like, Oh, honey, that was so wonderful. But you forgot to mention your brother. And I was like, well, yeah, I, you know, listening back, I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't mention my brother at all. And you listening to that, you didn't even think that I had a brother, but maybe it's because he was always running from all the girls in the family. He was younger than my two older sisters. So he spent his time running and running and running. He's a marathon runner and he was running all through high school and college, but he does exist. I do. I love my brother and he was a good brother to have, but he'll be so mortified that I'm talking about him. That's why I'm not mentioning his name, but he's a good guy. So, but we, we girls in the family call him the boy because he's our mom's favorite because he is the boy. (laughs) But anyway, so mom, thanks for being on here. I know it's not your favorite thing in the world, but I appreciate you coming on and what I thought we could talk about is a couple things, because one thing that I was thinking of just recently is when we were doing our year of Course in Miracles and with Renee and, you know, how helpful that was at that time for both of us to kind of journey through that together. And my mom was a politician in our local town for eight years while I was in school. and. As much fun as it was to have my mom when I was in high school know every cop in the town, you know, she was was wonderful. I wanted to talk about, you know, that and, you know, growing up and what we as a family, how we structured ourselves and hi, mom, how are you? Okay, dear. (laughs) Thank you for having me as your first guest. Yes, it's wonderful. So as a um, someone who's always been involved in politics, well, not always, I don't want to say like, but I mean, even growing up, 
grandma, your mom was always had the sense of empowerment that, and your sister, like having the sense of empowerment that's that we, the people, if you didn't like a certain thing, you wrote to your congressman or you wrote to the mayor or you wrote to the newspaper. I remember grandmoms have having that sense about her to always make that change and make her voice known. And I think that's, you know, where I think where we get a lot of it from, you know, you do, I think, because you you've always had this sense of wanting to make a change and fixing those things that are broken. And so I just wanted to talk about that and how you what your experience was in a small town. Well, I'd say mid-sized town here in New Jersey and, you know, what that experience was like for you. Okay. Well, well, first I have to say that my mother got her empowerment from her mother. Yeah, well, because Nana was, she came over from Italy back when she was, what, 14 or so? And she was already married or soon married after that? She met her husband here okay. in, uh, in New Jersey. Okay. But they... They both came from Italy, but she was very, her and her sister, who happens to be my godmother, uh, they were both very active and they spoke their minds. And that's, that's where I think my mother got it. Yeah, and you. Yes, and it was passed down. And people make fun, not fun so much, but they say we... Are a family of very powerful women. <laughs> and there's a I lot of that, them. I take that as a compliment because we do have a lot of women in the family and we are all opinionated and we all try to get things done. If we don't like something, you either shut up about it or you change it. Exactly. Exactly. So, and, and just for context, I, I remember my Nana, who is my great-grandmother, her husband, so my great-grandfather, ended up being an alcoholic. And back in the 30s, she divorced him. She was like, okay, enough of you. And her and her sister lived in the same house. It was like a twin home. So they each had their own half of the home. And that's kind of like the, the family home was there. And, you know, just having that sense of making that change and not sitting down and I don't want to, and succumbing to it, you know, is like, let's go, let's go make that change. You know, how many times can you go March? How many times can, you know, in the women's March in 2016, 2018, whatever year that was, I forget it's so long ago, but you know, it was me, my mom and my daughter marching through the streets of Philly that's just what we did. It's not, that's not something that's out of, out of step with our, with my upbringing and, you know, with our family. So I know when you started with, it was the environmental commission, right? Back in. Uh, I, yeah, actually what got me started was there was a meeting at our township that we talked about. The township committee was going to pass an ordinance that would affect the community where we lived. And uh, some of the neighbors said, we have to go and voice our 
opinion about this. And none of us wanted this ordinance. So as we were there, I mean, it was standing room only and people were out in the hallway and the room seated about maybe 70 people, if that. And as we were all there, the township manager who is appointed by the township committee or township council, and at this time, our township council was nonpartisan, means that we, you could not run as a Democrat or Republican. And we had our elections in May to keep them so, you know, socially distant <laughs> from the November elections. So anyway, our township manager was accused by our mayor of all these horrendous things, all these horrendous misappropriation of funds. I mean, there were like 16 or 17 charges that she brought up against him. And then when he went to address these, she said, no. She said, you will address them in two weeks at our next meeting. Wow. Well, I thought that that was absolutely so un-American that he could not address these issues in front of all the people that were there because none of us would be back in two weeks. I mean, our issue was taken care of. And as I walked out of the door, there was a gentleman who was in another development in town who had a petition to recall the mayor. And I said, give me that thing. I'm going to sign it. A couple days later, I get a call from this gentleman who was a family friend. And he said, would you like to circulate this petition down in your section of town? And I said, yes, I would. Well, it turns out that we were sued by the mayor. The ACLU represented us. It was my first ever contact with the ACLU. Hmm. And we had we had to go and give depositions. We had to go to court. I mean, it was like, wow, I, I'm a mother of four here. I, you know, I never worked outside the family. <laughs> you know, maybe in my aunt's, you know, ice cream shop. And I, you know, I got really involved in this whole process. And shortly after that, well, the upshot of the whole thing was the judge said, you have an election coming up in a couple months, let the voters decide. So he never ruled on our, uh, subsequently she was voted out of office. As this was progressing, we also had an election when she was replaced. And I got a call and asked, was asked if I wanted to work on the campaign for these two people that were you know, behind the recall. And I said, sure. So I got involved in their campaign and we got them in. And I, I really, even before that, there was a movement to change our form of government to a partisan form from a nonpartisan. And somebody asked me if I wanted to run. I didn't know that much about partisan versus nonpartisan versus, you know, we were ruled under the Faulkner Act and there were so many different types of town councils and committees. 
that were permitted in New Jersey under the Faulkner Act. And I'm thinking, what are they talking about? (laughs) So I said, yeah, I'll run. I want to find out more about this, you know, this whole process. Yeah, just dive in, right? Yeah, just dive in. (laughs) Well, there were 12 of us that were running for five seats. Hmm. And my good friend, uh, she became my campaign manager. And I was number 12 on the ballot. And I figured, oh, you know, they're going to come in and vote for the first five. I'll never get in. And she came up with the campaign slogan, countdown to 12. Wow. And I won. Wow. I remember those signs. I remember it had a clock. It was blue and white. And and it had count. I never, never realized that was what that meant until yeah, right now. I still have it. It's still yeah. hanging up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. So I found out a lot about the government and we decided to stick with the nonpartisan weak mayor, which means that the mayor is chosen by the township council. Huh. They're not directly elected. From that, we got the people elected to our town council and I was asked if I wanted to you know, serve on one of the committees. And I have to tell you, in all honesty, it took me like 12 or 13 years before I realized that I was a political appointment. Hmm. I did not know what the term was. And they, you know, the call, they called and asked me if I wanted to be on a committee. And I said, well, I like to be on the planning board because I like to see how the town is planned out. And that seat was taken. So I was given a choice of the Environmental Commission or the Recreation Committee. And I said, the Environmental Commission. Mm -hmm. And I was 10 minutes late for the first meeting. And they appointed me chair. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Go figure. (laughs) So I made it a promised to myself I would never ever be late for another meeting (laughs) wow so I served on the environmental commission for seven years I became very educated I took every course that was available and the way that our township ran is we have a common member from the environmental commission to the planning board so they said would you do that and I said yes that's where I wanted to be anyway right so you know in perspective this is like the environmental commission this was back in the 80s right actually 70 77 because yeah. it was even before the pinelands commission came into being okay like the pinelands right so this is like before curbside recycling this is before all that i remember and this is how dedicated my mom is to the environment is we had one of those station wagons with the, the wood down the side, the fake wood down the side. She would go and we would, we would go to all of our neighbors, collect all of their paper, all of their metal, you know, their cans and bottles and stuff. And we would drive them and pretty much an hour away full car full of of kids and and recycling and take that into the city of Camden so we could get them recycled. And 
I don't know how often we did it, but I, I remember distinctly doing that a couple of times. And so this is like, I always tout my mom for starting the environmental movement <laughs> because, you know, it was like, I was, so in 77, I was like six years old, seven years old, eight, I don't forget. I can't do the math. But anyway, so, you know, it was like, this is always so important. It was like embedded in, in my DNA to take care of the environment, to, to see what goes on in your town, to kind of see what the politics are. And because, you know, as many people that don't want to be a part of it, it surrounds us. It is like the, the pond that we're swimming in. And if we're swimming in a toxic pond, it's because not, there isn't enough of us in charge of cleaning it or in feeling responsible enough to clean it up. So, you know, I, what I was saying earlier, you know, this is we, the people, and this is where we need to start working is like on the the ground floor, in your town, in making those changes for your school district, for the environment in your in your local area. And it's not just the, you know, going down to DC and marching and, and lobbying Congress. It's, you know, these kinds of things. It's writing to your congressperson. It's it's writing to your senators and and because they listen to the people. That's their job. So if you go to your town council meeting and voice your opinion, then your your voice would be heard. So if you come from this place of peace and love, then they're going to start hearing that. They're going to start listening to that. What about your time like later on, you know, what, you ran a second for a second term, you won that, like, you know, say how it kind of changed while you were on your second term. It became a little bit more Derisive because there were, there was a faction in town that wanted to have the parties come into power. And so it eventually did change. But after I, you know, after my term was up, uh, I guess they, they changed the form of government in the 90s, sometime in the mid 90s. But what I always thought was, if you're in the local office, you listen to the people that come to you and you make their lives better. You can't necessarily go to Washington or you can't go to your legislative offices and be heard, but you can be heard at the local level. And that's why I think the local level is really important in our democracy. And just so the listener knows, this is the day before the 2020 election. We're recording this the day before. So we have no idea what the outcome is. We have no idea what the next week two are going to hold until this gets released. So the local level is where a lot of change can happen. I know in my town right now, it's pretty 50-50 Democrats, Republicans. So my town right now would be a really good place to start, you know, for, for me and to get involved 
in my town, maybe not run for the committee, but to get just more active and let them know that there's voices here that want to start conversations between parties, you know, between we've become so divided right now between the left and the right that we can hardly have conversations at the local level, having this conversation of just really drilling down to core values and what is meaningful for me and what is meaningful for you, they're pretty much the same thing. So it's living in a safe place. It's, you know, having a safe place for your children to grow up and it's, you know, having a good income. Those, those core things are valuable to everyone. And if we can get to that place, then the the way we express that, the way that we meet those values will change. But the core value is, you know, they're they're pretty universal. I don't know if you want to to say anything about that, Mom, or if you have another something else you wanted to talk about. One of the things I wanted to say, and it's okay if you cry. Because I know you're holding it back. I am. I started voting. I could not vote for John F. Kennedy. I was too young. But I did vote in the next election. And one of the things that I've noticed in the last four years, as compared to all the other years, decades, is that when you vote for somebody, you vote for the best person you, you, you think is best. And no matter who wins, you know that they're good. They're there for America. They're there for our democracy. You don't have to get up every day and worry about what's going to happen to your to your country, to your fellow citizens, or to the immigrants that are, make up this country. In the last four years. That's all we had to do was worry every day when we got up. The first thing you do is you look on Facebook, you look on Twitter, you look on TV, and you wonder what the heck is going to happen today. What did he do overnight? And we need to get away from that. We we are, as a country, we are so, PTSD is rampant. And we need to come back to a sense where we have faith in our leaders that they're going to take care of us because that's where our peace comes from. Mm. It comes from the ability to go to bed at night and wake up sorry, and not be afraid for our kids. That's where, when you ask me where I get my peace, I get it knowing that I have to I have to say let go and let God because I have to believe that whatever happens happens for a reason and we may not know that reason now but hopefully in our lifetime we'll know what the reason is but if if we just you know for me that's what I have to do 
Yeah. I, I can do all the work I can. I can make all the phone calls I can. I can pick up all the trash along the roads that I can. I can recycle everything that I can. But at the end of the day, it's beyond my control. Yeah. So, and I have to, I have to be able to give that over. So. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just that, that ability to do the best you can, knowing that there is a purpose, there is a divine plan, there is something that's going on that we may not know what the, the full picture is. But if we can surround, like I, it's, you know, one of the, the goals of this podcast is to, to be an amplifier of peace and love and be, you know, so those things like my mom has done all that. She's, she's cleaned up, she's organized row cleanup. She's organized all this, all these different things to, to bring about a better world. And she, you know, she puts her money where her mouth is. And so this is what we, the work that needs to be done is this, this local stuff where getting involved in your local community and uh, whether it's cleaning up a park, whether it's, you know, something, it doesn't have to be running for office, but it, it just making the world a better place. And doing the work because if we and I say this with love and with respect you know I've been in the wellness field for 20 years and there's a contingent of people in my world that they don't want to get involved because it's so negative and they're beautiful people they're they're loving people they're these are you know, very spiritual people but they don't want to get involved because it's so messy I said, you know, but looking at this right now, where we are right now is because a lot of people have checked out. A lot of people have, you know, it's too messy. I don't want to get involved. And this is where we've gotten to because a lot of people of good intent on both sides don't want to get involved. And we need people of heart. We need people of compassion. We need people of, of good love, good energy to come and and start participating. Start participating in the world in which we all live, the world in which you live. And I can see it. I can see, you know, maybe it's because I, you know, had that croak commercial, you know, where everybody's singing hand. You know, I was, me and my grandmother were part of the Hands Across America. We we it was my sister's graduation from from college and they had the hands across america happening the same time in the same area so me and my grandmother got in in the line and we were you know part of that and it was like cool this is really i mean i don't know if everybody anybody knows hands across america cuz that happened back in the 80s but maybe we need to do something like that again, you know, this hands across America thing. And I just, I really think that the more of us that get involved, whether it's coming from this place of love, of peace, and amplifying that out into the world, then that's doing that small part, but it's it's so much bigger than we can even imagine. 
And then, can I say something, Jewel? Absolutely. It's it's very interesting if you do get involved or not even involved. If when you go to a township meeting, you'll find that you're one of the only people that are there in the in the public. Okay, and what I found is you you want people to come out to hear what you're doing and to put, you know, have their input because that's where change comes from. You need to have the voices of the people that elected you come and support you and tell you you're doing it all wrong or you this is good, but I think we should do this. Mm. And I think that that's where it starts. And I understand that people elect people and they just want to get on with their lives. But a lot of times getting on with your life is not going to work if you don't work with the people that are, you know, making the changes in your life mm. that you have no control over. Yeah. But you can control some of it. Right. Yep, absolutely. I, I completely agree. <sighs> so on that note, thank you, Mom, for sharing your wisdom and for... sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we're a very emotional bunch, <laughs> but thank you. But we're powerful. Hell yeah. <laughs> and we will make it happen. Yep. All right. Well, thank you all. And so, you know, as a call to action for all of us here, there's a store around here. And I, I do want to get somebody, a representative from the store on the podcast, but this store is Wawa. And it's a, it's a beautiful store. It, you know, it's a convenience store, a gas station. You know, you can get sandwiches or whatever. I'm on the road a lot for my job. So I can, you know, use this place as my resting area when I'm in between patients. But they, they designed their store where it's like a double door on two sides. So you walk in one door on either side, and then you have to walk into the store through another double door. And they design it that way so that people will hold the door open for the person coming out or the person coming in behind them. And I know this because one of my mom's, well, my stepfather's cousin is married to someone that told this story and he works for Wawa. But down in Florida, they started um, building Wawa's and they, they were told that they don't have to have this double door because, you know, the environment, you know, yeah, the zoning and the weather doesn't, you know, you don't need to keep out the cold or the snow or the, you know, and they said, no, we, we design these doors just for that reason. So that people will hold the door open for the person coming out. And so my call to action this week for, for you is when you're going into a store or you're going in, you know, in and out of a building that if someone is coming up behind you or coming out when you're going in to hold the door open for them and give them a little burst of love, give them a little burst, like a smile and say, you know, thank you, or you're welcome, or just this gratitude, let it ooze from you and, and be that person that 
puts a smile on somebody else's face. And then maybe get involved in something in your town. Look up this the meeting schedule or they're all doing virtual meetings, you know, in your town. You can just jump on a Zoom call and just see what goes on in your local town. And I think it's just, it could be a sports thing, could be environmental, it could be, you know, township planning, whatever it is, something that speaks to your heart. Mom, if you, did you have anything else you wanted to share or are you good? No, I think that's good. Thank you very much. You're welcome. And thank you. And I will see and talk to you all next week. Take care. Hey, you peace and love amplifier. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed what you heard here today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at peaceandloveamplifiers.com. You can find me on Facebook, on Instagram, and YouTube. Thanks again for listening. And remember to ask yourself, what am I feeding the field? Until next time.